All right, folks. Here we go. Another week is coming, gone. It's the look back. Week 13 edition. And like I said, been a crazy year to this point. And now we're starting. We're now into December. It was snowing out here today. Though, though it's going to be 70 on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be 70 up here on Saturday. And it was near 70 on Monday up here. So we're going all over the place with the, with the temperatures here. But obviously, one thing that we know that is consistent is the Eagles are still alive in the postseason race. And they did take care of a business against the New York Jets on Sunday with a backup quarterback. And that was Gardner Minshew who had one of his better games of his career. But he's always been a very good quarterback in a very and he's never been on a team that's gone anywhere. And obviously that's something that a lot of fans have to look at. And of course on Monday it's overreaction Monday. People are praising Gardner Minshew like he's the next big the next big deal and maybe the next franchise guy. After what after what we had to deal with the week before against the Giants and Jalen Hurts performance. But obviously of course, we don't want to get into this conversation, but my thoughts are to you, did Gardner Minshew's performance on Sunday give you a, a cause to pause about the quarterback situation, and should there be a potential issue between Hurts and Minshew as far as how this rest of the season could go? No, I mean, the whole thing's ridiculous, man. I mean, it just shows the... You know, Jimmy Rollins, back in the day, he called uh, Philly fans bag bandwagon fans because, you know, you know, and, and it, I mean, it's true, man. And, you know, just a couple weeks ago, uh, Hertz had, had, was playing at an MVP level and he, everybody was on board with him, you know, as a, at least potentially as a franchise quarterback. He has one bad game and then some bum who's basically just a, a, a decent backup quarterback that's capable of having a game here and there. He comes in and has a, a good game, and all of a sudden now he's the future. It's like, give me a break, man. You know, it's it's either Hurts or nothing. And uh, Hurts is going to get the rest of the year to, to start when healthy, which should be next, well, not this week, but next week. Um, and if, if the team decides he's not the guy, they're going to move on, but... Uh, Gardner Minshew isn't some future franchise quarterback. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I kind of knew that that would happen. Like I said, it was a perfect setup. It was the Jets. Terrible team, terrible defense. Obviously, we took care of business on Sunday. And obviously, it was a great game for Gardner Minshew. And he might have, at least if you do bring Hurts back, he secured the backup spot for the next year as well. We're in the position where you can keep yourself in a situation where you, with those three first-round picks, it should just building this team, get another weapon for Hurts, help this defense get even better. Like I said, I mean, to me, it, it's it's a perfect scenario because obviously the Eagles are, are overachieving this year, and a chance at playing beyond, beyond Week 18 looks very, very possible. But obviously... Like I said, I absolutely agree with you 100%. Gardner Minshew's a decent quarterback, but he's not a guy that you can think about for 16, 17 weeks as that guy. He wasn't that guy in Jacksonville, and he's not going to be that guy here. Obviously, 
Hertz is the guy for now. He is the guy for this year, and he's done a very good job to this point, even though it's two different styles and two different situations. But it's still kind of, you know, it's kind of a weird spotlight because, you know, the quarterback position here has, has always been a question mark basically since Donovan McNabb left. And he didn't even leave on his own terms. So, like I said, I'm just saying that things are, are what they are and we'll see what happens. But, like I said, I'm not really, really too concerned about what I, what I saw out there. But, like I said, for Dallas Goddard, he had his great. He had a great game, his best game as a pro to this point, and and a great game for Booby Miles. He was he became the first person that, on this team to have a run hundred yard rushing day. So all good, all great for for that. Yeah, well, I mean, the Eagles had a good game um, overall. The whole team, the offensive line. So you said Goddard, Miles Sanders. Um, you know, the receivers didn't do a whole lot, especially Devontae Smith. He wasn't really involved in the game plan much. Quez Watkins made a couple plays. The defense, after a slow start, shut down the team, shut down the Jets. And, I mean, let's face it, they're playing the Jets. So there's not a whole lot to get too excited about, but they did what they were supposed to do. They went they went up against a bad team and, and beat them pretty easily. So that's how it should be. Even with a even with a backup quarterback in there, you know they should they shouldn't have had any problems winning that game, and they didn't. So, you know that's exactly what should have happened. So I'm not going to get overly excited about Gardner Minshew. I'm not going to get overly excited about the Eagles beating down the Jets. It's a good game. Now they got a week to rest, and then it's on to the NFC East. And that and obviously we will talk about that them next week on the. You know, because obviously the Eagles have a bye. It's the last bye of the season, and they get the last bye. You know, ironically, Carson Wentz's team also gets a bye, you know. But, like I said, we'll see what happens here with with the, with the what could happen and stuff. Because, like I said, you know, something, you know, Suriani has yet to do, and even Jalen Hurts has yet to do in his career. And we'll talk about that, obviously, on next week's program to a more degree, but like I said, it's been an interesting, like I said, it was an interesting week. Like I said, there's, you know, the Eagles are going into their bye. Another team going into their bye that obviously is rolling, really rolling, and and once again proved that they are the team to beat again is the New England Patriots. And Belichick, you know, like I said, I didn't think it would take this, it would be this quickly, it would become, it would become the, the break... That the break, the post Bray era would result in this, but obviously after after Bray went to Tampa Bay and won a championship, you know Belichick decided to make that move, and here he is. Here we are. Obviously, uh, even though the weather, we we talked about this plenty of times on this, you know how you know December weather. December we get to this time of the year where the weather played a role, and hell yeah, it did play a role. It did play a role. Heavy. Heavy winds and snow and all that, so they ran the ball and they and Mac Jones only threw the ball three times, just three times. And obviously, like I said, for the for the Bills, they had all the chances in the world to win that game and they didn't. They blew it. They proved that they're not as good as the Patriots. 
they're an over they're 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 underachieving, you know. So my question to you about this Patriots and Belichick is it time to think when we get to LA on February thirteenth that Belichick will be coaching in another Super Bowl? Is this team good enough? Well, they got the defense. Um, Mac Jones is playing well. They obviously got the head coach. And, you know, if the season ended right now, they'd be the number one seed. So it's hard to say that there's not a good chance that they could, uh, that they could uh, be there, especially considering the AFC is looking pretty weak now. You know, the Bills were so after the – well, I should say after the Chiefs opened the season so poorly, the Bills were the team to beat and – now they've fallen off, and obviously Tennessee was a team that was was dominating for a while, but they obviously right now are missing their their key player and Derrick Henry. They got a lot of other injuries. Baltimore, you know, they're hit hit and miss. They, some weeks they look good, some weeks they don't. So right now, the Patriots, the way they're playing lately, they are playing as the best team in the AFC. So. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you know what? Why not? I mean, Belichick knows what he's doing, and I said it. I said on Sunday before the game, this is probably the best coaching he's done in his career, because obviously, when you've been riding that, when you've been riding that that train that was Tom Brady for twenty years, and all the success that that he put together and put this team and and obviously everything you did, it's hard to really question what it is. And obviously, we talked about when these two teams met earlier this year, and all the hype and all that, that all that that went to it. But obviously, for Belichick, you know he's no dummy, and he's proven himself that he is one of the best coaches to ever coach his game. I mean, hell, look at the numbers. And like I said, at this point, you look at it and you see what you're seeing. But like I said, at this point here, here we are, late in the season, and they're where they need to be. You know, and and right now, you know, this team reminds me of the team that won their first Super Bowl, the first year of the dynasty with Brady in two thousand one. You know, they they sneak up on you. You know, they weren't the team to beat. They weren't a, a threat. That team wasn't either. But they sneaked up on you, and then when you before you knew it, they were the team to beat, and they went on to win it all. And then that started that the greatest dynasty ever in the history of this league. But obviously, when you look at it now, you know he's had to go through a lot of the notions. He had to go. He had to draft a quarterback in Mac Jones, who's doing a decent job, but he's still a rookie, and that's still the question mark, you know. But as far as anybody that can beat the Patriots, like I said, I look around the AFC, and I just don't see anybody, but just one team. There's only one team I think can beat this this Patriots team. And that's Kansas City. I think, to me, Mac Jones has not been tested yet. The defense is great. Let's get that right. But Mac Jones, look, when it comes to rookie quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger and Joe Flacco had to win football games to get to where they had to go in their rookie years. And even Mark Sanchez to a degree, shockingly. But Mac Jones is a quarterback that has yet to be tested and really isn't been put in the spotlight to a degree. He's going to be in the postseason. This team's going to be in the postseason. 
What are they, what is he going to do? They're going to put teams are going these teams are going to put him in a position where he's going to have to find a way to win. You know, because that defense isn't always going to be there for for you. They're, they'll be good, but they may not be always there. And a team like Kansas City that's just quietly sneaking up, playing better defense, veteran guys know how to win. Like I said, there's a lot of guys on that Patriots team that doesn't know how to win yet. You know, my question is, can they actually, you know, if, if, if it comes down to the AFC championship and these two teams have to face each other, is that going to be good enough for, for Mac Jones? Is he going to be good enough to prove himself in a, in a big in a big spotlight? Yeah, well, that's obviously going to be a question. I mean, uh, rookie quarterback in the playoffs, it's a lot to deal with. So he's going to have to prove himself. I mean, he's obviously played in big games before in Alabama. NFL is a different story, but at the same time, he's got a, the greatest head coach of all time with coaching him up. So, you know, they, they probably are going to try to um, um, not put too much pressure on him and have him make sure he's prepared and ready for the games and the whole deal. But um, that's obviously going to be the big question is how does the rookie respond to the extra pressure of the playoffs? Yeah, and that's why I say Kansas City to me, like I said, we did this a few weeks ago, or was it last week or something, who do you trust? And I said, to me, it's Kansas City. Well, why not? You know, why, why not? You know, they, they're they finding ways to win. And even though it's not the way they normally win in the Patrick Mahomes era, putting up they're not putting up as, as much points as they used to, but they're finding ways. And, hey, like I said, you may not be a fan of their defense, but – Steve Spagnuolo's defense has won more than one Super Bowl in his in the history. So, guy's a multiple time Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator. He knows what the hell to do, and he find ways to making things happen. So, I'm just saying, food for thought when we see the Patriots as the season goes on. But looking around the rest of the league, obviously, you know, another tough. Like I said, obviously the Patriots are at number one. Ravens were at number one, but once again, they couldn't beat. Once again, Lamar couldn't beat Big Ben in a clutch situation. So that's a shame. The Chargers saved their playoff hopes in in theory against the Bengals. They dominated them. And obviously, the Colts and the Miami Dolphins aren't going away from the wild card chase. So, you know, your thoughts on the rest of the AFC? Yeah, well, um, like you said, the Chiefs have been playing better on defense lately, but their offense still isn't impressive. So that defense isn't good enough to hold up in the playoffs. So they're going to need to score points. I don't know that they're going to – that they really have what it takes this year. Um, The Chargers, they're just a team that, you know, I, I can't put much faith in them. They, they they had a weird game there against Cincinnati. You know, they came out and it was looking like a blowout, and then all of a sudden they just let Cincinnati get right back in it, and then they turned the Jets back on and and beat them down. But they're they're not a they're not a Super Bowl contender. I mean, really, this comes down to really just the the, the the Titans, as far as I'm concerned, outside of the Patriots as of right now. If Derrick Henry can come back healthy for the playoffs. They got a shot. Obviously, they've beaten a lot of good teams this year with Derrick Henry, and um, 
And um, if they can get him healthy, get A.J. Brown healthy, a few other key players come back, um, they could make a run. And they're a team that does tend to make uh, get on a hot streak in December and going into the playoffs. If the Bills that we already talked about, they're, they're falling off. The Ravens, we already mentioned a little bit, they're just, they're just too inconsistent. Um, Cincinnati's not there yet. And the Colts behind uh, Jonathan Taylor are coming on strong, but they have that the loser at quarterback. And come playoff time, you can't just rely on your running back. Your quarterback's going to have to win your games, and Carson Wentz isn't the guy for that job. Yeah, like I said, look at the rest of the 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 AFC. I mean, like I said, we already like I said, I I, I you know it's like I it's the same thing I've been saying for. For the last couple of weeks, who do you trust? And like I said, there's not really many many followers. Like I said, the Chargers have been way too inconsistent. You know, the, the fact that they beat the Bengals the way you know you know you you know you could have seen it if they were actually good, but they weren't. And then, like I said, you know, we already know the Bills are falling apart. They 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 pretty much wave the white flag that they're not a Super Bowl threat this year. Obviously, Titans are on the bye. They still need Derrick Henry. We'll see what happens. And then, obviously, like I said, the Colts still have, you know, they have Jonathan Taylor. They're basically made up the same way as the Titans. We'll see. But, like I said, at the end of the day, really, it comes to who, who's the best and who's not. Like I said, it could really well be three teams, Tennessee, New England, and Kansas City at this point. We'll see, you know. But as we look at the NFC side, like I said, the Cardinals continue, continue their dominance on the road, easily beating the Bears. Everybody, nobody's surprised about that. Tampa Bay came, you know, Tampa Bay easily beat the Falcons. They're going to win the NFC South this weekend, most likely clinch the division this weekend. Dallas took care of New Orleans last week, no surprise. And then obviously, you know, Green Bay was on a bye. We'll see. You know, we'll see. <laughs> but your thoughts really on the NFC side, what's go you know, who who made a statement and who didn't? Yeah, I would say there were no um no um major surprises other than the Lions getting their first win. Other than that, I didn't really see any games where it was it was anything too surprising. The only one that I would say was surprising that um, stood out to me was my lock of the week. I had to, I, I said, take the um, um, Niners over the Seahawks, and then the Seahawks actually come out and play well. And um, when I gave you that pick, I had said, you know, one of my rules, and I was breaking it, is I don't like to bet on these divisional rivalries because they get crazy and anything can happen. And that's what. That's exactly what happened. I even said, usually whenever I break my rule, it always ends up bad. So, you know, I broke the rule and uh, paid for it. Um, I dropped to seven and five on the year. I was hoping to get to eight and four, and I'd be in great shape. But seven and five on the year against the spread. So, still up over five hundred, which is good. But that one hurt my record. Um, other than that, you know, the Cowboys beat the Saints down like. They should have, and honestly, if that was a Sunday game, that probably would have been my lock of the week, but oh well, can't do anything about that. Um, Tom Brady had another big game. 
he's the, he's currently the favorite betting favorite to win MVP at that age of 44. You know, so the old man's still going. And like you said, Arizona, that was an easy win. That one was obvious too. So nothing, nothing too crazy outside of that one game. Yeah, I mean, really, if you look at the NFC, it's pretty mediocre. It's even more mediocre than the a- than the AFC right now. And, you know, you only have five teams above 500. So, you know, like I said, the Cardinals didn't surprise me, but they have a big Monday night matchup that will tell if they could actually win a game at home in the postseason. And then, obviously, Tampa Bay, like I said, they're going to win their division. They're going to win their division this week, most likely, because the, the, the rest of the division lost and looked. Well, then again, Carolina was on a break, and they fired Joe Brady. So that's a that's a terrible situation there. And like I said, I mean, like I said, well, I'll get to the Vikings Lions there near the end, but to dis you know, and I have a disappointment too. So we'll see what happens there. But like I said, we we get to this part of the year, and you kind of look back on some things. I mean, we still got five more weeks till the postseason, but. Like I said, in a, in a year like this, the biggest year, the the biggest season ever, 17 games, obviously you have things you look back on. But I have an issue. And it's not a particular team. It's not a particular situation. It's the fact that these rules that the NFL has for kickers and for, and for extra points, the extra field goals, you can kick field goals Closer than actual extra points after a touchdown. So this year, a lot of teams are struggling kicking the football this year. We've seen it plenty of times. For example, Mason Crosby, when he played the Bengals earlier this year, he missed five five extra points and field goals. So I'm starting to get to the point where the NFL has to change things up. I know we don't really care about kickers like that, but they are very important because... Kickers could be the difference in you winning something or not. And this year has just been absolutely a joke when it comes to how the how the how these league rules are and how they're just kicking kicking extra points 35 yards and 40 yards away where I can get a 15-yard chip shot field goal. Like get the hell out of here, you know? To me, why is there to me I would propose a new rule in the offseason where, you know, the field goal kicker should go no more than the 20-yard line and you should kick no worse than a yard, an extra point after a touchdown. Now, maybe I'm a little off on my thoughts, but in reality, let's be honest, this this, this season has been such a joke when it comes to, to kicking extra points and field goals, especially kicking extra points. I mean, we watched the game, you watched the game on Sunday with the Jets. They were the kicker's terrible. He's missing just missing easy shots. Like he's blind in one eye. The Jets scored three touchdowns in their first three possessions and got nothing in in extra. Nothing in extra. It's ridiculous this year. I'm just seeing I just can't I just can't take it. Like, you know, I'm glad that that Jake Elliott not Jake what's 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 our kicker's name? Jake Elliott? Yeah, he's going to be a pro bowler, and it's not going to be anywhere close. He's been the best kicker in this league this year, by far. 
and it's not even close. He's he's the best kicker in football this year because he's extremely consistent, very consistent on everything. But just looking at all these other kickers this year, it just it just gets on my nerves. It's just terrible, you know. This the the kicking this year is horrendous, and some teams are not even using kickers. They're using you're using punters to kick the ball. They're using punters to kick the ball, which is even more of a of a disgrace. But to me, they need to change the rules. They need to change the rules of these kicking situations because it's it's pathetic this year. That's my rant. Yeah, well, um, one thing in the NFL, man, people hate the kickers and all that, but if you can get a good, consistent kicker, it's uh, it's huge. You know, it's, yeah. it can be the difference in between winning a Super Bowl. You know, just look at all those years, the first three Super Bowls for the Patriots with Brady. Every game, that every one of those was won by, in the end, by Adam Vinatieri. So, you know... You gotta have a kicker, unfortunately. That's just the way the league's set up. Yeah. It's just, it's ridiculous. This is just, it's pathetic this year. It's really pathetic this year. Really pathetic. Alright, let's go to our, our notes of the week. Our, where are we at? <laughs> We are our our fancy questions, and there are four this week. There are four this week, so I'm sure you're ready as much as anybody else is. <laughs> all right, the first one is well, they're all over under, so bear with bear with me here. I didn't come up with these. Russell, the Houston Texans and the Seahawks play on Sunday. Over under two touchdown passes, Russell Wilson. Uh, you know what? With that one, um, I'm going to go with the over. He played well last week. The team played well last week against the Niners. Um, Texans are a joke. And uh, they don't really have much of a running game, so. I'm going to go with the over there. I think Russell Wilson will have a good, a good game. All right. It's another quarterback, another one we know very you know very well. Over under. And this is a divisional game, a, a very critical divisional game here on Sunday. Three touchdowns pass for for the Rocket, Patrick Mahomes against the Raiders. Uh, I'm going to go with the under there, man. Um, just because the KC offense hasn't been that good, and a divisional rivalry, um, you never—I don't know what the weather is going to be like out in KC at the moment. I haven't really checked the weather reports, so it's hard for me to say exactly. But this time of year in Kansas City, it's probably going to be cold. Probably going to be tough to pass the ball. Divisional rivalry. I think it'll be a lower-scoring game than people expect. All right, all right. These the other these two are over under, but these are receivers now. We're going to the wide receivers now. Twelve. All right, Mike Evans. Like I said, big, a very critical matchup for the Bills, and and they could be in big trouble if they don't win this game. They play, they play Brady on Sunday. 
they play in Brady's house down Tampa. Over under 12 fantasy points for Mike Evans. Talking about points per reception league, I'm going. I'll go with the over, not by a lot. The Bills' defense is tough and they're stingy, and um, I don't. And you know, I'm sure Brady will have a nice game. I don't expect him to go crazy, and um, I'm not so sure. It's possible maybe Mike Evans scores a touchdown, but overall, I don't think he's going to have a lot of yards. And um, if you're talking about points per reception league, I could see, for example. <laughs> three or four receptions for 40 yards and a touchdown. So that would be just enough to get the over. But if you're talking about just standard scoring, I'm going to go with the under. All right. So that's under for you, most likely. All right. Our last one is another one, and critical matchup, especially for Eagles, you know, watching on Sunday. It's a a classic rivalry, Dallas and Washington. I mean, back in the day, it was a classic robbery. I don't know about today. Now, I don't know about today in 2021. But for CeeDee Lamb, the best third down receiver in the league this year, the best third down receiver in football this year, 13 fancy points against Washington. Yeah, 13. I'll go with the over on that one. Um, he, he's going to have He's going to have a good game. I don't think he's going to go crazy, but I'm going to go with the over for both standard and uh, points per reception league. He's obviously their number one receiver at this point. Amari Cooper is still in the mix too, but he's just uh, he's he's a little bit more he's a, he's should, I should say he's a lot more consistent than Lamb. Um, Dalton Schultz is a nice player; he'll take some targets away, but in general, Lamb will get his targets. He's already up; he's at 90 on the season so far. Um, and yeah, he'll he'll get he'll be targeted at least about ten times, and he'll probably catch about six, seven passes. Going to get him about eighty yards and a touch, maybe even two. All right, all right. Well, we come. Boy, this is going to be a short episode today. <laughs> We're only thirty minutes in. <laughs> all right, <laughs> our all right, our disappointments and surprises for week thirteen. Okay, well, I'll start with my disappointment, which maybe it's not as disappointing for some people, but it was for me, and that's what I already said to the Niners. They, they screwed my, at that at the time, three-game winning streak up against the spread, and, uh, and they screwed me over there. So, yeah, they were my disappointment. And surprise of the week, um, well... I'll give him credit, man. The Lions got their first win of the season. I was, I was, in, I was thinking that there was a good chance they were going to go 0 17, and they pulled off the upset there. So, and they did it in front of their home crowd for whichever fans are still actually at that game. But yeah, I'll give, I'll make them my, um, my, um, my surprise of the week. Well, my disappointment is obviously the Buffalo Bills. I mean, you know. When the season began, they were supposed to be Super Bowl contenders, maybe the best team in the in football. And obviously, the, the you had the Jacksonville game where Josh Allen gets dominated by Josh Allen, and then did they get dominated, bulldozed at home by Jonathan Taylor, and then here a winnable game in front of your home crowd on a Monday night, 
and in the last two possessions, you ha you get it into the red zone, and I'm watching the Manning cast, the Manning cast, and you don't do anything. Like, what the hell's going on with this team? And I kind of knew after that jo Josh Allen, Josh Allen game, something wasn't right with this Bills team. And now I know they're not that great. They're they're good enough, but they're not they're not the best. And you know, there's just you know, and then there was the, those those lame ass excuses after the game, lame ass excuses by the players, by the head coach. You got beat. Take it or leave it. And like I said, you're going to be a wild card team if 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 you if you actually find a way to win win out. Because I don't even think you're beating the Bucks on Sunday. You're this team is in trouble. Bills Mafia better find a way to get a flaming table because they they're going through these tables. They need to go through a flaming table at this point. My surprise, <laughs> and here's here's a a team we're going to be talking about a lot here here in the next couple of weeks. Washington. Somehow they're win since Chase Young goes down with an injury. Since Chase Young goes down with an injury, this team has not lost a game. They're four they've won their last four. Their defense averaged twenty seven points per game given up. Now down to sixteen points given up. And I'm trying to wonder to myself, is Chase Young a, li a liability or a reliability for this franchise? Because it's amazing. He goes down with an injury, and this defense is playing a whole lot better without him. And I'm wondering, I'm just wondering to myself, how much how much is he he, he, he is to blame for the struggles this year? You know, you can talk about Heineken and, and the offense wasn't good enough and anything else, but like I said, it's it is strange. Strange it's strange bedfellows when it comes to, to, to teams. And Washington, they could very well went out and make the postseason. And Chase Young, because Chase Young went down with an injury, played a big role in it. Weird, isn't it? You know? Yeah. All right, well, before we get to our last segment, I, I also have to congratulate the Detroit Lions. That was a great, that was a great, that was a great moment. They've been, they've been, Trying for for weeks to win to win, trying for weeks, and they finally did it. You know, and you know, unfortunately, there was tragedy in Michigan last week, and they gave the game ball to the people at Oxford Oxford High School, and like I said, like I said, when you you when you believe you can win, and Dan Campbell, as goofy as he is, they they try hard every week. They tried hard every every week. And they finally paid off. And, and why not against the Vikings, who are always a joke? You want to talk about losers. You know, you could talk about Kirk Cousins as a loser. They're all a bunch of losers. Skull. My ass. You know? Congratulations to the Lions. If it, they're only winning, then so be it. But I'm glad that they won. And I think that if they just believe in their, their situation, believe in their coach... They'll find a way in the future, so I think that's a that might be a, a turning point. I'm not saying it's a turning point for them, but it's a in the in a few years if they're back to what they were maybe three or four years ago with Stafford and all of them as an outside borderline playoff team, that might have been a turning point. So, 
Like I said, Dan Campbell, congratulations. First win, congratulations. All right, now we've reached the end and a critical matchup. And speaking of the, the loser Vikings, they will be hosting tomorrow night's game against another team trying to make the postseason, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I can say critical matchup for these two teams. Like I said, we'll see what what will happen. And like I said, interesting because you know one team it seems like they're in neutral and one team's in a free for all situation. So go ahead with tomorrow night's big matchup. Well, the Steelers are coming off a, a victory, but against a but it's against a tough team in the. Ravens, you know when when you, you play the Ravens, you got you, it's going to be a physical matchup. Um, you're going to get beat up, and you're going to have to um, you get, you're going to be sore for a couple of days after that. Meanwhile, the Vikings they're coming off an embarrassing loss to the the Lions. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm sure they're ashamed of themselves after that, and uh, I, I think that's going to add something to what they to their um to their um um their drive this week. I think they're gonna be even they're gonna be more focused. I think they're gonna come out ex with extra intensity. They're they're after that they they gotta be pissed off. Um so yeah I think I think the Steelers this being a Thursday night game, it's a quick turnaround for the Steelers after having played such a tough physical team and um I think they're going to have a tough time in this one, man. I think um, Minnesota, I think they're going to have a good game. I'm not sure if Dalvin Cook is playing or not. I don't think he is, but that's probably going to be more of a game-time decision. But even if he doesn't play, Alexander Madison's a good running back, and they're going to, they're going to continue to try to pound the ball, regardless of who's back there at running back. And um, I think they're going to have success against the Steelers. So I'm going with the Vikings here. And I'm going to put the final score at, um, I'm going to say 30 to 23. Well, like I said, I know it was a physical game, but that could be motivation too, that they survived that game on Sunday. I mean, of course, when the Steelers and the Ravens always play, it's always going to be close. It's always going to be physical and it's always going to be a battle. And that, and that was no different, but they won and they kept their playoff hopes alive. And obviously for the Vikings, they didn't right now. They're they're basically these teams are basically in the same position. They're just outside. They need the they need to win badly, but they can't afford. They can't afford to lose. And that's the kind of mindset this 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 game will be tomorrow night. Obviously for Big Ben, this is probably his swan song, his farewell tour. Even though he probably didn't want everybody to know about that, but who knows? But obviously, we'll see what happens. I mean, Kirk Cousins is still having a solid year. He doesn't make too many dumb mistakes, but this team is just, this Vikings team, their defense is not that good. And like I said, against the AFC foes, they have struggled this year. Against AFC foes this year, they have not done very well. And like I said, we'll see what happens here. And like I said, I, I have to disagree with you on this mat matchup. I think, you know, it's going to be a battle. I'm not going to say it's going to be, a, you know, a runaway or whatever. But I, I just don't trust this Vikings team. 
they're underachievers for a reason. And you see what happened on Sunday. They lose to the Lions. They had no business losing to the Lions. They had the momentum and they screwed it up there in that fourth down play. So I can see the Steelers going into going up there. You know, it's not going to be as cold as it normally is because when you go to Minnesota, it's like 15 degrees average sun high. But here it's going to be probably about 40 degrees. So, like I said, I'm going to go with the Steelers here. It's going to be a battle. I'm not going to say it won't be. It'll be a close one. But I'm going to go with the Steelers here. I think they find a way to go up there and take care of business and keep their playoff hopes in check. So, Steelers win. Critical one on the road and the foul score twenty four to twenty three. Okay, well we'll see who's right. Yeah, even if we don't get the score right, if, who just it matters who wins the game. <laughs> but that's yeah. all. That's all we have for this episode. Hopefully, you all enjoyed it as much as we all do. It's a little shorter this week, but hey, like I said. See what we have to talk about. We talked about most. So Sunday will be a critical Sunday. A lot of critical matchups. We're thinking about the postseason division. Some team might clinch their divisions on tomorrow on Sunday. Like I said, a lot to to digest here. So like I said, we'll send these all out and y'all have a good night and join us on Sunday. All right.